Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the Timberwolves offseason to date, a little bit of a roster reset, how many spots the Wolves have left, what decisions still need to be made over the next few weeks, the final few weeks of the offseason. Also, a little bit of news on Carlton Towns perhaps playing some international basketball this summer and a fake Towns-Mavs trade from Bleacher Report. I just want to talk through that and, and why among the fake trades out there, it's not the worst idea. I Still hate it, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also find it on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, along with all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. And at B Beacon with two B's, two 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 B's, two E's, C K E N. Pretty sure I know how to spell my own name, uh, but anyway, that's where you can find me on Twitter. All right. Uh, so what I want to do today is kind of we've been in this weird summer league land here the past couple of weeks, and I'd like to kind of take a quick spin back through the off season very quickly and kind of reset where the roster is. As of right now, I think that's important. This is kind of phase two of free agency, if you will, where the Wolves need to figure out, you know, what happens to the to the very end of the roster. Um, and, and the quick version is the Wolves do still have one roster spot available and they have one two-way spot available. Remember, two-way spots are expanding from two available two-way contracts to three available two-way contracts this year. The Wolves have filled two of them and they have one remaining. So real quickly, let's kind of go through where we're at to this point and what the what decisions the Wolves have to still make. We came into this offseason knowing the Wolves couldn't really do a whole lot on the trade market unless it was something with Torian Prince before his contract became guaranteed or if it was um or if it was, you know, a town's trade. There wasn't a whole lot in between, right? We knew the Timberwolves weren't trading Anthony Edwards, they're not trading Jade McDaniels. Uh, they're not realistically going to trade Mike Conley. I mean, there's a reason they traded for him and his contract is reasonable, just one year left. Uh, like there really wasn't any, the bunch of kind of minor unrestricted free agents. Um, the only other possibility, like Nas Reed was never really a sign and trade candidate, right? Um, plus the Wolves extended him before he hit free agency anyway. So really the only realistic moves that the Wolves would be making would be related to the decisions on a few of their uh, team options and in contract guarantees at the end of June. And then also, would they do anything on draft night? Well, draft night happened first. The Timberwolves took Jalen Clark, of course, to number 53, and he's out until at least the first part of next year anyway with the Achilles injury. So technically their first official move, um, I, I know they drafted Leonard Miller, but technically that did become official until a little bit later. But they drafted Jalen Clark with their own pick at 53, and he's injured. 
right? Um, he ultimately signed a one of the two-way contracts. So we know he's on the roster, not technically on the active roster, but a two-way contract signee. The hope, it sounds like, is for him to get back on the court sometime after the first of the calendar year and perhaps get into playing in some games, I would imagine, G League level towards the end of next season. Uh, they also traded for the number 33 pick to draft Leonard Miller. And um, that took a couple of future second round picks. And the early returns on that are fantastic. The reaction from most draft analysts um, around the interwebs was positive. He's a guy who Sam Vecini at The Athletic had a lottery grade on him, lottery draft grade on him. Uh, lotter- I, don't, I don't know what I just said. A lottery grade on him. Um, basically thought he was a top 13 player in the draft. Um, so a lot of positive reaction from the Miller pick. And of course he played extremely well in Las Vegas summer league too. We talked a lot about this on, on Tuesday on the show, kind of recapping summer league was probably the most impressive all around player on the Timberwolves rostered summer league. To me, his defense was most impressive and that's going to be his kind of key to finding minutes as a young rookie will be defense first. And can you fit a role on offense? But the, that was the other draft acquisition. And even though the Wolves didn't end up back into the first round, uh, the the Clark selection was, or excuse me, the, the Miller selection I thought was was really impressive and uh, a good use of future assets for a team that doesn't have all that many first round picks upcoming, although they do have next year's, um, to be able to, to, to strike when the opportunity presented itself to acquire a good second round pick to get a player that a lot of teams thought was a first round player. That's exactly what Tim Connolly has to do to kind of, I guess, make up, if you will, for the Rudy Gobert trade at this point, for the assets that were surrendered to to acquire Rudy Gobert. This is exactly the sort of savvy move. Now, of course, it's got to play out. Miller has to be a good player. But um, sitting here right now, a month after the draft, it feels like that was a really savvy selection. The Timberwolves also allowed Mike Conley's um, contract to become guaranteed um, through through this next season, which was kind of a no-brainer. He had a, a pretty heavy partial guarantee, like $16 million or something, and the full guarantee just had to come through for, um, let's see, what I think it's like $24 million. I lost my list here, but I think it's like $24 million. Um, and... I mean, that was that was pretty much always going to happen. Uh, yeah, twenty four point three million. So not a surprise at all. But there was, of course, that question, like, would this actually come to fruition? And 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 it did. Uh, they also re-signed Nas Reed, which was probably the biggest move of the offseason. Um, yeah, I would say that was the biggest move of the offseason. Instead of allowing him to leave, they got him on the three year average annual value, $14 million dollar. So a three-year, $42 million contract extension with the option on the final year of the contract, um, which, you know, is a win for everybody. Of course, that option being a, a player option. So he gets a little under $13 million this year. He gets a little under $14 million next year. And then a player option for $15 million in 25-26. So, of course, if he outplays the contract over the next two years, he can say, see you later. Or at least I'm going to test for agency before he's even technically in his prime years. So it's a big win for Nas. It's a win for the Wolves because they get to have... Probably, I mean, you could argue he's the best backup big, one of the best backup bigs in the entire NBA as essentially their sixth, seventh band now, depending on where you put him and Kyle Anderson. I mean, he'll probably play less minutes than Kyle Anderson just because Anderson has more defensive flexibility and, and overall positional versatility. Uh, but having Nas and Kyle Anderson off the bench now this next year and knowing you have Nas for the next two um, is is really, really 
intelligent. And, and we talked about this at the time of the extension. I don't know that you can draw a line from the extension to the likelihood of a cat trade, but it does give you another layer of security if for whatever, if, if, if a cat trade does come to fruition at some point in the next few months, you know, you have Nasri this year and next year and potentially the year after that. So, um, that is uh, a positive thing. All right. Next, I want to finish where we're at, like like literally where we sit right now and what spots are available, what the Wolves have done with their two-way contract players from last year. We'll do all that. And then I want to get to some cat stuff. There is a bit of cat news related to, um, to FIBA this summer, and he may actually play, which he hasn't done in a very long time. And uh, then I also want to talk about a fake trade out there with the Dallas Mavericks proposed by Bleacher Report. So all that is upcoming here. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks. You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All that's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, trust me, FanDuel is the place to be. And the heat of the MLB season, we're post-All-Star break. We're not quite to the NFL yet, so definitely go bet MLB. I think that's, that's. Uh, I would imagine they probably have World Cup on there for basketball coming in a few weeks. Um, but MLB and then NFL betting, preseason's like three weeks away. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't bet on preseason. Well, sure, of course I would bet on preseason at FanDuel. But uh, besides MLB, that's kind of your next big thing to hit at FanDuel. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to, up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day or so we're going to continue talking offseason this week. I want to do deeper dives into both uh, Troy Brown Jr. and Shake Milton, newcomers for the Wolves. Um, I'm actually working on setting up a conversation with uh, the Kaminsky brothers, one or both of them, I guess, at Lockdown Lakers to talk about Troy Brown Jr., and uh, get a little bit more intel. They want to talk about Torian Prince. So we'll do a bit of a, um, I'm not sure if it'll be a full crossover or if we'll just have a segment with uh, one of those guys over here, but to talk a bit more in depth about Troy Brown Jr. So that's upcoming here, uh, hopefully this week yet on the show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And of course, we're still daily throughout this weekend, next week. All right. Um, so continuing kind of the roster reset, the Wolves also had decisions to make on two-way players and they tendered qualifying offers to both Luca Garza and Matt Ryan, which makes them restricted free agents. And since then, they have re-signed Luca Garza as a um, as a two-way contract signee. So we know Luca Garza's back. We know Jalen Clark is on a two-way contract. The Wolves still have that third slot available, and Matt Ryan remains a restricted two-way free agent. The Wolves also declined their well, technically what well, they didn't decline a contract option. They decided to waive Torian Prince before his contract became Guaranteed for next year, it would have been like around $9 million. He ends up signing with the Lakers for basically $2.5 million. So could the Wolves have traded him? Maybe, but they would have wanted to take back another player because they ended up signing free agents with that spot anyway and would have obviously had to take back some salary. So the Wolves just decided, let's let him go. And, um, and it, it sounds like also there was some reporting. I believe it was John Krasinski reporting. The Wolves did have interest in bringing Torian Prince back, but... Um, I'm sure 
the opportunity to play for the Lakers and have probably a pretty defined role there was attractive to him. And the Wolves didn't have probably a whole lot more cash to offer him anyway versus what the Lakers gave him. So he ends up going to L.A. The Timberwolves also declined their option on Nate Knight, which was a modest, like I think it was a little under $2 million, But the Wolves are in the business of saving every last million dollar chunk that they could. So they declined their option on Nate Knight. He is still currently a free agent. Um, I think he's technically, because of of the way that it shook out, I think he's technically still a restricted free agent. Um, I'm not 100% sure of that. Yeah, he is. He's still technically a restricted free agent. So anyway, he's still out there on the open market. They also um, ended up re-signing Nikki Alexander-Walker as part of free agency. So after free agency opened, obviously Prince goes to the Lakers. The Wolves signed Nikki Alexander-Walker, um, and then they allowed... And currently, Austin Rivers, Jalen Noel are both still restricted, excuse me, unrestricted free agents. The Wolves also signed Shake Milton, and they signed Troy Brown Jr., which I just alluded to a moment ago. And as we talked about the other day related to some of the contract details, the Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. deals both have the second year as non-guaranteed. So this year, Shake Milton will get $5 million. The next season, his $5 million is fully unguaranteed, just like what... Uh, Torian Prince's would have been, or his contract was structured. Same with Troy Brown Jr., $4 million for this year, non-guaranteed for next year. So it's effectively a team option, even though it's not written that way. Um, But they're one-year deals with the option to bring them back at the same dollar for next year, dollar value for next year, I should say, which is a huge win for Minnesota. It's massive flexibility. They essentially took Torian Prince's, not essentially they did, they took his $9 bucks and said, we're going to let Prince go. We're going to split that up between Milton and Brown and we kick it another year where we can make the same decision next summer. But we could also go halvesies, right? We could say, hey, we want to keep Shake Milton, but let Troy Brown Jr. go, and you save yourself $4 bucks in a roster spot. But it's it's maximum flexibility with those slots for Minnesota. And in terms of the caliber of players, I think that's, that's really savvy. Those are both really good players that improve the Wolves' overall depth. And the Wolves have them on essentially one-year deals with team options for a second year which is a huge win for the Wolves. Um, so really impressed with how that shook out. I would rather have those two guys on, you know, for one year with the option for two than have one more year of Torian Prince. Um, and, and we've talked a lot about Prince on the show, and, and I love Torian Prince, but I think he's started to slow down a bit defensively. I think Troy Brown Jr. is a better defender. I also think Nikki Alexander-Walker is a better defender. And I think Shake Milton brings um, enough of the shooting that Prince does, Troy Brown Jr. also, between the two of them, they backfill enough of the spot-up shooting that Prince gave you and also give you some other stuff, you know, some some creation for others, at least in the case of Milton and also Alexander Walker, that um, that I don't think Torrey Prince really brought you. Like, he was more of a veteran presence locker room guy, the idea of him, and, and a solid catch-and-shoot guy, for sure. But I thought defensively he was a little bit, you know, his reputation was maybe buoying him um, related to his actual production defensively over the past year. So I was totally fine with letting Prince go because of who they got, you know, to, to, to backfill those minutes and shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. And then also bring you back to kill Alexander Walker, who it's primarily a, a move on defense because the shot leaves something to be desired, but he also can initiate a bit of offense, which could be helpful. The wolves don't, you know, they decided to bring back Jordan McLaughlin, um, they they allowed the the contract guarantee date to pass on him, so he's back at like two point one million. That was the other decision they made. So between he and Alexander Walker, and then of course you know Shake Milton will probably initiate a lot of that second unit offense anyway. But now it gives them multiple options. Chris Fitch has multiple options for who's going to helm the second unit. 
I think it's probably mostly Shake Milton, but McLaughlin's kind of your fallback option. And then you also have Alexander Walker as, as a, a somebody who could do that too. Troy Brown is a little bit more in the vein of your traditional three and D. That's simplifying it a little bit. Um, but he's more of an energy effort type guy who can knock down shots and be athletic in the open floor uh, than anything else. But in general, the Wolves now have a stronger depth chart and rotation than they did previously. So players that were on the Wolves that are now that are still out there, still free agents, Jalen Noel, still an unrestricted free agent, Austin Rivers, still an unrestricted free agent, and then Nate Knight and Matt Ryan, both restricted free agents. Ryan, of course, of the two-way variety. Of the four, I kind of feel like Austin Rivers is the most likely to come back. Um, I, I don't, I have no idea, like I don't, have any intel on why that might be? I, you know, Jalen Noel's not coming back. Like, they, there's no room for him. They don't need him as a 15th guy. Nate Knight, they could have had for the same price he's going to cost. So they're going to let him go. And, you know, it's probably between Rivers and Ryan. Ryan could maybe get that third two way deal, but I just, I, I don't know that that's necessary. Um, of course, Jalen Clark's not going to play the first part of the year, but I just, I don't know what he gives you. Like, I know in theory he gives you shooting, but he's not as significantly, the results haven't been significantly better than, you know, several, he's not that much better than a league average shooter at the NBA level yet. He doesn't do enough other stuff to make him really worth the while. Austin Rivers, you know, was fine last year. I think as your 15th guy, he's probably, it wouldn't surprise me if that was kind of on the table, but he's searching for somewhere where he could be fine rotation minutes. I mean, Austin Rivers would not be in the top 12 in the Wolves rotation this year. So, um, I, I understand why he's not back, and and I, and I still, frankly, would be surprised if he was. The Wolves will probably look elsewhere for somebody who could fill a bigger need than what Rivers provides. Um, Rivers would he's kind of in the vein of Shake Milton, right? Like more of a two guard that can also initiate and and run offense. Um, he's probably still a little bit of a better defender than Milton. So you have Shake Milton, you have Alexander Walker, you have Troy Brown. Like there's no need for Austin Rivers. What the Wolves probably could use is another kind of depth piece on the wing um, that could fill in behind McDaniel's Alexander Walker. I guess technically Kyle Anderson is going to play a lot of three this year behind Troy Brown. You know, kind of the Josh Minot type role um, or or that type of position. I guess positional flexibility. The the uh, a, th- a three slash four, a big forward, almost like what Torian Prince was. Um, you know, maybe it's a like I mentioned, Ferran Hunt from Summer League. I thought he was very impressive. Uh, he'd be an option as somebody who, you know, I don't know that he necessarily is going to get a full NBA contract, but I think he'd be an option. The Wolves could also bring several players to training camp on on non-guaranteed training camp deals and then pick somebody from camp. Um, it would surprise me if they left the spot open too into training camp found somebody at that point. It's also, it could grease the wheels of a trade if they need to take back another salary. I think that's still unlikely. Um, but then they've also got that other two-way deal. I've talked about DJ Carton from Summer League. There's, of course, still the possibility of bringing back Matt Ryan. Ferran Hunt could sign a two-way. He was on a two-way last year for a little while, so he could sign another one this year. Um, all options, but the Wolves have one actual roster spot available, spot 15. They've got their third two-way deal spot available um, and still some decisions to be made for Tim Connolly in the Wolves front office. All right, um, let's put a bow in today's show by talking Carl Anthony Towns. There's a bit of news about him in, in the summer, uh, international basketball, and then also a fake trade out there at Bleacher Report regarding Towns and the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get to that here next. All right, Carl, Carl Anthony Towns has not been a significant player on the international uh, basketball circuit. I believe he played there around the time he entered the NBA. It might have even been before he was in the NBA. 
uh, with the Dominican Republic, of course. But then there's been he's had some injuries and some other stuff that have come up when there's been international play. But the other day, I think this is actually on on Tuesday, uh, Rafael Uribe, the president of the Dominican Basketball Federation, said there's a, quote, 90 percent chance that Carlton Towns will play in the summer's FIBA World Cup with the Dominican team, which uh, we did not hear that previously. Um, so that's new information. There's a handful of other NBA players on the Dominican roster, um, and I I don't have it in front of me, but there's also some other familiar names. Chris Duarte, of course, a guy who's seen played, played at Louisville, I believe, seen some NBA time. Um, he's going to be on that roster. So... Uh, I mean, we'll keep an eye on that. Like, it'd be fun to watch Carlton Towns play internationally. It's probably not the worst idea, given he didn't have a full season last year for him to just continue to, to, you know, I don't know. Not that, if I'm being honest, I would rather the Timberwolves have less players playing international basketball than more. But there is some benefit to it. And, and if it gets Townsend, he didn't play a ton of heavy minutes last year. So if it gets him in a bit more, not playing shape, but like ready to go for the season, fine. Of course, we know Gobert's playing. We talked about this the other day. Gobert's playing for France. You got Alexander Walker playing for Canada, Anthony Edwards for the U.S., um, and potentially Kyle Anderson for China, although that hasn't been concerned or confirmed yet, I should say. So um, we'll keep an eye on that, whether or not Cap plays. We haven't talked a lot about Carlton Towns trades lately because it didn't happen on draft night. And, and I've said on the show, I don't think it happens before opening night. Of course, we've had uh, there's multiple folks out there, including Howard Beck, who was on this show a few weeks ago, saying he'd be shocked if Towns wasn't traded by the trade deadline. So whether it's this offseason yet or the deadline, I think we had that conversation. It's like right before the draft. It obviously didn't happen on draft night. Um, so that's kind of one window that makes it more likely. Of course, we're still. Only a couple of weeks. There's been a lot of NBA trades in the past that have happened in July and August. So it's certainly still possible. I don't think Towns will be traded this summer. And I think whether or not he's traded at the deadline has everything to do with the Timberwolves' performance this season. I think that should be obvious. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they trade him. Um, so all that to say, this is a Greg Sports article, five realistic NBA offseason trades that can still happen over at Bleacher Report. One of them is Cat created a big three in Dallas, and the Wolves, I guess the second piece of that is just deciding, hey, we're building around Ant. So the proposed trade from Greg Sports, again, this is a completely fake trade, but what he's suggesting is the Wolves would send Towns to Dallas. The Mavs would send the Wolves Christian Wood via a sign-in trade. By the way, Christian Wood is still a free agent. Um, they would also send the Wolves Tim Hardaway Jr., Jaden Hardy, and a unprotected first-round pick from or for this next season. Um when it comes to fake trades, they're like the Wolves could do a lot worse, right? And I that's kind of where I sit on this. Um, I don't I've never been a big Tim Hardaway Jr. fan, so we'll start there. I think he's always been overrated and and who knows? I would imagine it partly has to do with his name, right? Um, maybe that's not a fair thing to say, but that's kind of what my vibe has been with him. He had a good shooting year last year, 38% from outside the arc. But he's pretty much been a below average defender for his career. And offensively, he hasn't really ever been all that efficient. He's He's been a higher usage three-point guy, but he was like thirty five under 35% for his career until he got to Dallas. And then three of the last four years, he's been right around 39 to 40%. Uh, season before last, he had some injuries and was under 34%. So the shooting's probably better than his career mark of 36% because recently it's been better, save for the injury-affected uh, year in 21-22, which is nice, but he does... he. He does a little too much of, in, in terms of non three point shooting offense, 
that, you know, for a team like the Wolves, like what would they need him to do? You obviously don't need him to start. So you're going to be paying him because that's the other piece of it is, is what's that contract? It's like uh, 20 or it's 18 million this year, 16 million next year. He'd be coming off the bench behind Anthony Edwards. I just like Tim Hardaway doesn't really do much for me other than he's a catch and shoot guy that you're paying a ton of money to. That's a poor defender. And at this point, frankly, I'd rather have the rotation the Wolves have than add Tim Hardaway Jr. to it. Now, Christian Wood's a bit of a different story. What's the sign-and-trade contract look like? The proposal he gives is three years, $36 million. Christian Wood would actually be a nice fit for the Wolves if they were to trade Carl Anthony Towns. He fits really nicely next to Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, 17 points a game the last couple of years between Houston and Dallas, 21 points a game the year before that with Houston. He's been above 50% shooting for his career every year since his rookie season from the floor. And he's a career 38% three-point shooter. He's a really, really good offensive player. There's a reason why Dallas paid him what they did, or I guess it was Houston that paid him what they did a couple of off-seasons ago. And he was getting $13 million a year the last couple of years. But now he's a free agent, he's 27, and he certainly has defensive shortcomings. That's the biggest issue. I, I think maybe those are a little bit overstated, and you certainly could paper that over with Rudy Gobert. Um, I don't know that he's all that different defensively than Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you know, you could argue Towns is maybe a little bit better on that end of the floor because I also think Towns has it's been overplayed what his defense, how bad his defense has been. I think he's better than a lot of folks nationally believe he is. You know, you'd like Christian Wood. Christian Wood's not a bad rebounder for what his role is, um, but I think he's really just a light version of Carl Anthony Towns in a lot of ways. He doesn't have the offensive bag that Towns does, but you're also paying him essentially well, it would be a third of what he's getting this year, but like a fifth of what he, he's going to be getting next year. So the trade actually isn't awful. I, you know, Jaden Hardy, I could take or leave as an addition. Um, and the first round pick is nice, obviously. So if the Wolves are going to trade Carlton Towns, this to me is more palatable than the vast majority of other trades out there, simply because I think Christian Wood is a nice fit. You get a pick out of it. And you could maybe flip Tim Hardaway somewhere else. Like, I, I don't want him on the Wolves roster, and that's my main problem. I didn't dig deep enough to see if there's other ways you could make money match with Dallas. I don't know that there is. They've got a weird cap situation right now. Um, but all that to say, I like Christian Wood. I think he'd be a nice fit next to Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards. And it certainly would signal even further, not that the Wolves need to do this more, but hey, we're building around you, Ant. This is what we're doing moving forward. Um I'm sure there'd be some hesitation to trade Towns to Dallas, um, you know, a, a Western Conference team that the Wolves are kind of in that same play-in, hopefully a little better than play-in realm, um, you know, in that same kind of murky middle, if you will, of the Western Conference at the moment. So I'm sure there'd be some hesitation there, but I don't know. I mean, like Christian Wood's a nice fit. The Wolves would get some financial flexibility. I, I, to be clear, I'm not advocating for this. I think in general, the Wolves should not trade Towns at this stage. I think they should see what happens the first few months of the season. And hopefully it works out and they have to figure out the salary stuff later. Because again, that's the reason why that it's not the Towns go bare fit necessarily. It's the contract for Towns, along with the extension for Ant, the pending extension for Jaden McDaniels that will come down eventually. The Wolves need to figure out the cap stuff. Um, and they've got some time to do that if they don't trade Cat now. So... All that to say, if the Wolves had to trade Carl Anthony Towns, the Bleacher Report deal from Greg Swartz with Hardaway Jr. and uh, and uh, Christian Wood is not the worst idea in the world, even if it's not, even if it's not my absolute favorite. Uh, so we'll leave, we'll leave that there. All right, more talk with 
regarding Wolves newcomers later this week, Troy Brown Jr., Shake Milton, etc., upcoming on the show. We're still daily this weekend, next week. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K, E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.